Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 90, and we are going to take a look at just a little bit of a snippet of Genesis chapter 6. So again, I am reading from the Leadership Bible. It is the NIV version, which is the New International Version, but we are moving right along here. So I'm going to start with Genesis chapter 6, and let's just see where the Lord takes us on this. So it says here, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. When the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. You know, what's interesting is that I find it very odd that whenever a doctor gives someone a bad diagnosis, like, oh, I guess my life is over. It's curtains for me. You know, I can only live to be 65 or 75. That's not true. Shoot for 120 or 150. Do not give up. You know, I'm not against doctors. I'm just saying that when you're given a bad report, you need to go with the final report, and that is God's holy word. So don't give up. It's not over till God says it's over. And even then, he makes exceptions to the rule all the time. And Noah and his family is a perfect example of this. So it goes on to say, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. What I find very interesting about that verse, and that's verse 5, is that if If you're only living your life based on the thoughts that come into your head, that's actually really evil because you're, you are allowing your mind to wander and you're not reigning over your thoughts. Like you're not controlling your mind. You're not growing in wisdom. You're you're not practicing peace in your life. So just because, you know, say for example, you know, let's say you're a little kid and you're walking through, you know, the Bronx or something. Let's say you see a random bicycle out in front in someone's yard. And you think, well, they just left it there. I'll just steal it. That's a stupid thought. You know, we don't have to become our thoughts, and we're not supposed to act on bad thoughts. So the thing is, is that what's talking about here, what's talking about the the witness, or not the witness, the wickedness of the world, it's talking about that the majority of the population of the planet at that time, all they ever did or acted on were the evil thoughts that were in their hearts and their mind, because What is in your heart goes to your mind. That's why whenever we read God's holy word, we are renewing our mind because we want to make sure our mind, our heart, and our soul are after God and that we are choosing to follow God. So it's very important that we renew our mind so that way we are not falling into a trap of thinking, oh, we know it all and you know, we we can take it all, and that's not appropriate at all. And that's what that is talking about here. So you need to guard your heart and your mind, and also don't wear your heart on your sleeve. It goes on to say, The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I find that to be a very interesting verse, and that's verse 8. You know, what's interesting is that God sees everything, and he saw the wickedness of the planet, 
of the people that lived here at that time. And he's like, I'm just going to wipe it out and start new. But God remembered and saw Noah. So if you think that God doesn't know you, does not remember you, you are completely wrong. And I'll give an example. Like for for me, I can't stand it when me, when uh, when people misspell my name. It like it irritated me as a child. It bugs me as an adult a little bit, but not as much. I'm just like whatever. Like that's their ignorance, not mine. My first name is Leslie. It's spelled L E S L E Y. People tend to automatically misspell it, and spell check does this as well. They spell it L E S L I E, and it used to irritate me all the time. And plus, also. People often mispronounce my name. I can't stand this. Like instead of saying Leslie, they say Leslie. And I'm like, you know, my name is not Leslie Sullivan. There there is no Z in my first name. So being that there is no Z in my first name, there is no Z in my last name. My name is not Leslie Sullivan. It's Leslie Sullivan. And so I had to correct people all the time. Almost every teacher I've ever had in grade school, middle school, high school, it was rare for them to remember how to pronounce or spell my name. And so let me put it this way. Whenever someone spells my name correctly and they pronounce it correctly, that gets my attention immediately because it shows me that they care. Because I meet a lot of people and I've met a lot of people over the years that they don't care how they pronounce someone else's name. And that just irritates me. I'm like, you know, like that that's not right. It is such disrespect. But what I find here is that God knew Noah. He remembered him and Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So you know, I put it this way. I know that God knows my name. He never mispronounces it and he never misspells it. Never. And so when I think about my heavenly father and how much he loves me and takes the time to know my name, to spell it right, and to know me as a person, that speaks volumes. So that's what's happening here when it says but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to mention this as well before I close this episode. You know, for those that are in churches that say that God doesn't work miracles, there's no more favor, that's just the Old Testament, you are completely wrong. because God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So if God is the same yesterday, today and forever, which is true, we know that to be true, then what makes you think that God won't find favor with you? Or that God, you know, won't find favor with with another person or favor them or bless them in their life. You know, there there are I don't know why, but there are some Christian churches. I think they're getting fewer and far between these days because I think people are waking up to the fact that, you know, God is not bad, he's not negative. But there still are some churches out there that they do not understand the goodness of God. So whenever they read the Old Testament, all they see or focus on is the anger, the wrath, the punishment, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like you're totally missing the point of the entire Bible. You know, God does have anger and vengeance and things like that, but it's not towards the godly. It's towards the ungodly. And that's what we're seeing here when God is talking about wiping off the human race, you know, wiping them out off of the off the face of the earth because he's like their evil is so great. They have turned their back on God 
And Noah and his family, particularly Noah, he's really the only one that is still worshiping God and that has found favor with God. Isn't that sad? Because you have to remember that the earth was populated back then. I mean, it really was. So for, for God to only find one person <laughs> that he was willing to spare, I, I think that says a lot about just how evil the human race was back then and how we need to work on this and, and work on towards drawing closer to God and not turning our back on God. Because the last thing you want to do is act like these wicked people that turn their back on God. And so everything they did, and you know, everything you know, they, they thought of, everything they acted on, it was evil and wicked. Like they, they did not question the bad thoughts in their mind. And it's one of those things like you have to control your mind. You know, what's interesting is that I read a really good book. I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's something to do with the samurai. I'll see if I can find it, but there's this really good book. Um, it was written by a samurai. I think I think they're Japanese, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's it's about um, what a warrior has to go through in order to become a good warrior, to, to become a really good samurai. And it talks about, and of course, mind you, this is pagan in China or Japan at this time, but um, it talks about, oh, I would say one of the parts of it is the, the wisdom and the soundness of your mind is very important to what type of job you do and the occupation that you do and how you provide for your family or your country and also how you protect and defend those that you love. So if you don't have a sound mind and if you're not controlling your mind, something else is controlling it. So why are you giving control of your mind over to something else or someone else? Is basically what that book is saying, but it also teaches them how to kill and that, you know, how to kill yourself. If, uh, yeah, I didn't like that part. Um, but basically, samurais, um, supposedly committing suicide is a noble death and it is not. So that's very pagan. But what I did like about it was it talked about how it trained young men to be the best possible samurai on the planet. Like it, it really trained them really well. And so samurais and those like them were, were known for being really smart, really sharp, very dedicated, and very strict in their lifestyle, but they were not restricted, if that makes sense. So they were following a code of ethics that today is probably, it, it's, it's not considered something you would want to live by necessarily, but in terms of the mental soundness, that part really impressed me, that that was really emphasize for young men and their culture at that time. And again, we're talking hundreds, if not well over a thousand years ago. I mean, it goes back pretty far, um, the, the life of the samurai and that kind of training. But I just thought, you know, if more people practiced controlling their mind, their will, and, the, and their emotions like a samurai, wow, your life would be tremendously better because then you would not be dictated by stupid negative thoughts or random thoughts, or evil desires, or nonsense. I mean, you would be very dedicated to doing what is right every day. That is what God's holy word is saying. And that's, you know, God's holy word, there, there, there is life in this. Whereas in that book, the, the Samurai or whatever, there's no life in that. It's just a book. It's just, 
you know, they, they say it's written by this one guy and then another writer says, well, it's actually a, 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 a compilation of several writers. So it's kind of like, okay, I get that. But I read it from the point of view of, wow, young men were very well trained back then in this pagan society because of what they were taught to control their mind, their will, their emotions. So needless to say, when it's talking about the wickedness of the human race here in chapter 6 of Genesis, the reason why the human race was so evil and so wicked is that they had they refused to have control over their mind, their will, and their emotions. And so that's why they gave in to all this sin and all this very evil, wicked behavior. It's because they they didn't want to be controlled at all. And so that they they chose to turn away from God and just lived whatever lifestyle that they wanted instead of living a lifestyle that is holy, good, and true. So needless to say, we're seeing some of that in our society today where more and more young people that go to college and are brainwashed by these crazy liberal nutbag professors, they they believe or they fall into the trap of these, I would say, these different types of philosophies and different types of policies and um, politics that over time are taking the place of God in the hearts and minds of our young people, and that's not right to do that. And see, here's the thing. I don't think these these weird adults that are leading these kids astray, I don't think they understand that it, it is very much a sin to purposely pull young people away from God because none of us are called to be a stumbling block to anybody else because it is very sinful to do that because you are you are encouraging someone to turn away from God as opposed to drawing close to God. Like you are interfering with that person's faith walk and faith journey with Jesus Christ. That is a tremendous sin. And the Bible is very clear about that. So needless to say, it's very important that we walk with God all the days of our life because that's what we're called to do. And that doesn't mean being a Bible thumper or being boring or dressing like you're Amish or something like that. Of course, if you want to dress that way, that's fine. But I mean, what it means to walk by faith and not by sight and to walk with God every day of your life, it means to live your life to the fullest, but in a holy manner. So when things are holy, it protects you from sin. It protects you from grief. It, it protects you from death, disease, and destruction. So that way you can be blessed and prosperous all the days of your life and have a really good time. Like, you know, like for example, I live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and you know, I am very much spiritual, and I don't like to say I'm religious because I don't like that phrase, although it would be true. I am very much involved in my faith, and I'm very strict about that, but not strict in a negative way. It's that I love the Lord, and I love His Holy Word. So because I love His Holy Word, I'm not going to do something that is going to interfere with my faith journey with Christ. So I'm very um, diligent about that. Maybe the word diligent is a better word as opposed to strict, but let me say this. Being that I am a believer in Christ Jesus and I am serious about my faith, that doesn't mean that I never laugh. And here's another thing. Like, as a Christian, I can definitely go to Frontier City, which is a, a what's it called, a amusement park. Like, I can go on rides. You know, I, I can wear a swimsuit and go to Whitewater Bay. Like, you can still have fun in your life. It's just that it needs to be appropriate. It needs to be modest. And here's the thing. The reason why it needs to be appropriate and modest is that it guards you and protects you 
from other forms of evil and from sin from entering into your life. So you want to make sure that what you're doing, yes, you can have fun, but don't take it to extremes. You know what I mean? Like, for example, you can go to a party by all means, but you shouldn't go to a party to get drunk and to sleep around or to destroy private property. You see what I mean? Like parties back in the day used to be classy. Um, they're not so much anymore, and I think we need to get back to being classy because I think when you when you go to a party, it needs to be about getting to know other people and having fellowship. That's what that's what it used to be, and, and it wasn't always people reading their Bibles or something like that. That would be a Bible study, but I mean, you can have conversations with people and it not be super religious, but it can be appropriate and heartfelt and having fellowship with someone. Needs to say. The people during Noah's generation here, during his time frame here, um, these people were very evil. Like they were just, it was just like a pool hall, a frat house. I mean, it's just like Pompeii Part Two. I mean, it was really bad. So I mean, it take just think about how much bad stuff was going on at that time for God to actually think and say, "I regret creating the human race, and I'm going to wipe them all out and basically start all over." Like that means it was excessively evil and excessively bad. So, needless to say, I, I find it to be very interesting that Noah he found favor in the eyes of God because he didn't turn his back on God, even though he was surrounded by tremendous evil. He didn't follow the crowd, and because he didn't follow the crowd, he didn't follow and adapt to the ways of the world. His life and his family's life was spared. So just know that if God be for you, who dare be against you? So just because the world may be against you, or maybe people don't like you, or maybe you know they're like, oh, we don't want you to be our friend anymore, whatever the case may be, don't worry about. It. Move on to something bigger and better. Just you know, leave the past in the past. That's where it should be. But I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye. Transform.